Welcome, you're listening to the Mac Observer's Background Mode. I am your host, John Martellero, and this week my guest is Charlotte Henry, our Charlotte Henry from the Mac Observer. Charlotte, welcome. Hello, thank you for having me back. I haven't been for a while. It's nice to rejoin you here. I love having you on the show because you are a media nutcase. <laughs> you know everything. It's been, listen, media. nutcase has been said. The other <laughs> stuff is just window dressing. For the listeners, Charlotte is the Mac Observer's full-time UK associate editor based in London, a self-described media junkie. She has also written for City AM, London's daily business tabloid, Computer Business Review, and The Times, amongst others. And she's a book author. Very accomplished writer. We're happy to have you on board with the Mac Observer, and I love talking to you about media. I know, we have a lot of fun, don't we? Sometimes we even agree. <laughs> we agree most of the time. Yeah, we do. I'm yeah, kidding. we do. I had to apologize. You need to catch up if you haven't listened, listened to the, a recent episode of um, Daily Observations. I had to make a very big public apology to our lovely John. Oh, we're all wrong once in a while. Just Charlotte's more gracious than the rest of us. <laughs> Only to you. So um, we're going to talk about uh, some media and focus as we do on uh, a little bit about Apple TV+. Plus. The first topic I want to explore is Apple's ability to lock customers into its ecosystem compared to other services. You know, the other mm. streaming services have network feeds, you know, through Dish or Cable, and they have their apps on iOS and, on T- and iPadOS and tvOS. But they don't have the kind of hardware and software and services structure that Apple has as a company. And it occurred to me the other day that um, it's possible that Apple could leverage this in several strong ways to help give Apple TV Plus, its own TV streaming service, a boost and get customers to subscribe and stay subscribed. What do you think? I think that is absolutely the plan, isn't it? You... They want you to watch Apple TV Plus content on your iPad, on your Apple TV 4K or your Mac. Um, or your and phone. then Or your phone, yeah. I, a person, yeah, I don't really like watching long-form content on my phone, but you certainly could do it. Uh, I've heard a lot of young people do. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of that, though, was to do with kind of mobility, and obviously we're living in somewhat different times, but, you know... People are still moving around and doing things uh, in certain countries. So, yeah, there is an element of that. I think the other thing, uh, and we've touched on it before on daily observations, but it might we might have the space to dig into it a little bit more here. I think a key part of the ecosystem you're describing is that the Apple TV Plus experience is broadly the same wherever you are. Um. My Apple TV Plus is the set in London is the same as your Apple TV Plus in Colorado. Right? Right. And there's no other streaming service where that is true. That's true. My net my Netflix is different to your Netflix. Uh I, actually that's probably not true of Disney Plus actually, but my Netflix is different to your Netflix. My Amazon Prime Video is different to your Amazon Prime Video. That's because Netflix and Amazon have to negotiate for rights to deliver other people's content, whereas Apple doesn't have to do that negotiation. They can That's structure exactly Apple it. TV Plus any way they want to. 
Although I saw the other day there was a foreign language version of a show that was going to come to Apple TV Plus. I forget what? the details. Yeah, uh, but the point is it's still the same content. Now, you and I have discussed other shows where you... It was Picard is the one that I always think of, where you say, oh, yeah, I watch it. What was it, CBS All Access you get it on? Yes. And I say, oh, it's on Amazon Prime Video for me. It's included as part of my Amazon Prime. Where it, so, and that's whereas actually if there's just, a, you know, the morning show is just on Apple TV Plus and everyone who has Apple TV Plus has it. Because as you exactly right, there's no back catalogue. There's no nothing that Apple doesn't own. It owns the rights to everything. It can give it to people everywhere in the world because they own the global rights. It occurs to me that social media is global. Doesn't matter where you are. It, it, it is so people can broadly across national borders talk about the content that they have all seen on Apple TV Plus. Sure. And that has to be a plus. Pardon the pun. A plus for plus. A plus for plus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think if it's those shows, we've seen a few shows make an impact like that, but, uh, in terms of, I think The Morning Show made that impact, uh, Defending Jacob made that impact, um, a bit, I'll be interested to see what happens with Ted Lasso, which I'm going to settle down to watch after I've, uh, after I've finished chatting with you, because that's got you know that has an american actor and character but it's about british soccer so that kind of has international appeal um so yeah it, i think there's a, that ecosystem has has many facets and you're right but obviously the idea is that you watch as i say you watch apple tv plus on an apple device now some smart tvs uh, which we've listed in various stories on the MacObserver.com, have obviously have Apple TV apps that they often have. Um, so that's one way you don't. That's the one time the kind of hardware is not Apple, but you're still within the Apple ecosystem because you're using your Apple ID to log in, etc., etc., etc. There's a couple other factors that weigh in Apple's favor in terms of what they're trying to do to ignite subscribers to Apple TV Plus. And one of them that intrigues me is a recent announcement about what I call contingency bundling. If you already have a CBS app, CBS All Access subscription, mm, this was you interesting. can get Showtime for no extra cost if you subscribe through the Apple TV app. Yep. And that is very interesting to me because traditionally Apple's been hard to work with in some ways trying to negotiate content and others who own content, keeping it for themselves. But Surely Apple's not. been really easy to work with. Most, most notably recently is um, Apple's um, decision to allow HBO Max and Peacock to come right onto the Apple TV Plus, whereas Amazon and their Fire TV and Roku have been standoffish, wanting better terms. So not only is Apple... Dare I suggest? Yes, now, you obviously have access to the, these services in the way I don't, so you'll, you'll know a bit better. But dare, dare I suggest that is because Apple needs that content more than those services need to be on Apple TV? Well, if you can advertise and promote your service on another friendly vehicle like Apple TV Plus without a lot of content conflict... Wait, do you mean TV Plus the subscription service or do you mean TV the app? Well, I mean, if you're a subscriber to Apple TV Plus, 
you can get Showtime for free. And I think Showtime felt yeah. like this is a, a benefit to them sure. uh, to advertise their content. And they're still going to get money from Apple one way or the other, I'm sure, behind the scenes. Oh, um, I'm sure everyone is getting money. But it does help Apple, as you said, in the sense that Apple doesn't have a strong back catalog and making it a no-brainer to get the Showtime content. And in some ways, kind of assists uh, Apple supplement its well, back catalog. Well, look, as you and I said on Daily Observations when the news broke, fourteen ninety nine for Apple TV+, CBS All Access, and Showtime is a good deal, whichever way you cut it up. Yeah, and that's assuming you even have to pay for Apple TV+. And you're probably not paying for Apple TV Plus at this point. Exactly right. Right. And along those lines, uh, we're going to get to in a few minutes, um, Apple making a concession there about its uh, subscription terms. But, uh, possibly, uh, yeah. study this issue of Apple's ability to lock people in for another minute. Mm. Uh, we've also well, discussed uh, Apple's focus on kids, which helps it compete you know, against services that are not so kid-friendly. Yeah, I think Apple, when Apple TV Plus first came out, or when we first heard, I should say, that Apple was doing a TV streaming service, we, I think it's fair to say, were all a bit concerned that all the content would be a bit dry, a bit, a bit bland, a bit vanilla to try and appease people. We'd heard stories of Tim Cook passing notes. I think was never sure of Tim Cook asking people to swear less in a show. That story um, just won't go away, will it? <laughs> right. Uh, we're never. I don't think you or I will ever let them forget it. Um, but if you watch the morning show and you listen to all the uh, right. bombs, you find out that uh, that's probably not I a mean, true story. <laughs> I mean, it didn't take very long into the morning show, did it, for for that kind of perception or, yeah the more raunchy elements of Dickinson or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It, uh, that slight, that perception slightly changed. Um, in terms of, so that it, it managed to get some kind of quite edgy content quite quickly. You're absolutely right. I think uh, the thing it has mi missed and, and actually does children's content very well. It came out with helpsters, which I think was important uh, there's, uh, there's a whole host of other shows for both kids and young adults on the service, which I think appeal to people and give it extra value. So it's not just something you're spending. If you're, if you're paying for it, you're not just spending four ninety nine a month for, you know, for a parent to watch defending Jacob. It is, you know, it also has value for the kid who's probably worked out how to use the iPad anyway, and can watch some of the shows that are aimed for them. Um, so, yeah, I, I think kids TV in the future is going to be quite a big part of TV. Plus, I think it's quite important. I think if you have blockbusters plus kids TV, you're probably going to be onto quite a good thing. I do a lot of reading um, and listening to the listeners and the readers. And by far, most people admire and praise Apple's content in terms of quality and watchability. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have not... I've seen very many people complain about the stuffiness or the uppityness of uh, the Apple content being, you know, too highbrow for them. Um, most people are. Well, very listen, John, you 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 only engage with very intelligent people, <laughs> and 
No, we I all know. To all corners. So I... Well, listen, we know the caliber of Mac Observer readers and background mode listeners. We, we know the highbrow caliber of them. There so may be some no watering holes where people are complaining about the highbrow no, nature. No, I don't. Of, but I haven't seen it. I don't think there's that. I've said, uh, I do think TV Plus suffers from a problem of being a bit serious and taking itself a bit seriously. It certainly did at the beginning, but that is starting to reduce with more kind of upbeat programs like uh, Ted Lasso, which I've mentioned, uh, Central Park, the cartoon series, things like that are, are you know, make are giving it a bit more variety. The films we've seen so far on TV Plus are very serious. I know you were a big fan of Greyhound. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk you thought about it was very Greyhound. Good. Apple reportedly uh, paid Sony Pictures seventy million for that. Mm-hmm. With the movie theaters closed, mm-hmm. uh, there's a good opportunity for a company with cash like Apple to provide a vehicle for movies that are not able to be shown in the theaters or not able well, to get the money uh, yeah. that they were planning on getting. There's and a we reason were, we people, heard that a, Greyhound was going to be followed up by more ventures like this, but it's been a month yeah. or two. And there's been no follow-on to that. John, so impatient. (laughs) Blockbusters take... Well, there's something like 40 or 50 major theatrical movies released every year at least. And so you would think on a month or so... I think it's going to be more original things. We've seen people like Martin Scorsese sign first-look deals with Apple TV+. that's That's a sign that they're taking blockbusters seriously. I think they were slightly blown away by the success of Greyhound as well. And yeah. so I think there's been a bit of re- recalibration post Tom Hanks, uh, actually. So I think it might take a bit of time for us to see some of those movies, but I think they we will see them and they are on their way. And I think it's going to be a big, you know, in addition to the things we've discussed in terms of kids TV, in terms of uh, the very highbrow drama series i think that's going to be a very good string to the bow of, of tv plus right right well we've come to the end of the first segment already and as our custom here at the mac observer we're going to have to take a short commercial break folks i'm chatting with the mac observer charlotte henry we'll be back in 60 seconds stay with us today our sponsor is MacPaw. one of MacPaw's apps i want to tell you about today is clean my mac x Clean My Mac X is a beautifully designed application for managing clutter on your Mac. It shows you exactly what's stored on your Mac, revealing app leftovers and system junk that you didn't know existed. The app's most popular feature is Smart Scan. It examines your system for system log files and user cache that is no longer needed. Smart Scan also does a quick malware scan. Time to complete? A few seconds. Designed for Mac OS 10.10 and higher, Clean My Mac X helps speed up even the oldest machines. The maintenance feature offers multiple tweaks to optimize your slow system. And installation takes just a couple of minutes. Clean My Mac X has a trial mode, which allows you to try out the app's features for free and decide whether it works for you. Visit macpaw.com podcast to purchase a subscription and use coupon code BGM2020 to receive 5% off. Click the Buy Now button, then scroll to the bottom of your screen to enter the code before completing your purchase. Clean My Mac X is also now available in the Apple App Store. So check it out. And thanks, MacPaw, for being our sponsor. Thank you. I'm chatting with the Mac Observer's Charlotte Henry. 
So before we run out of time in the second half, I want to move on to something that you and I discussed extensively before the show. Mm. And that is a analysis it was done uh, by Adweek or by somebody that they referred to? Uh, so I saw the story written up on Adweek uh, and did some, um, you know, reported it and wrote it up for the Mac Observer. But the data comes from a software firm called Real Good, and it's a platform that allows you to put all the different streaming services you might compile have into one place in one app. Um, and it has apparently 2 million users in the US. And so they use this data... And they use that data to find out kind of what combinations of streaming services people are using. It's a very interesting chart in, in included mm. in that article. And it, it's, it's interesting to try to draw some generalizations from it. I've been looking at the chart and it's, it's, a, it's a rectangular grid. Users who subscribe to X also subscribe to Y. And there's some percentage numbers in there. Mm. And it's interesting. Um, Apple TV. There's a Apple there's TV a lot of bits to unpack, isn't there? Yeah, you, Apple TV subscribers, ninety one percent subscribe to Netflix already. That's not unreasonable. But about nine percent have subscribed to the Peacock Premium service. Mm-hmm. So, if Apple TV subscribers also subscribe to Netflix, and ninety one percent subscribe to Amazon Prime you would suspect that some of the newbies would be uh, have tough going, like HBO Max and Peacock. Yeah, I think that's what we get from the data that came from Real Good, that actually the, the big boys are going to be the big boys and they're going to be there for a while. Uh, the ones that have possibly been able to disrupt it are maybe it's Disney Plus just because it's Disney. But everyone else is kind of picking up the scraps. So to, to break down the data a little bit, as you say, 91% of people that have that subscribe to Apple TV Plus subscribe to Netflix. Uh, that number's the same for the number of people who subscribe to TV Plus and also subscribe to Prime Video. Uh, it drops to still pretty substantial, 80% for Disney Plus and it's 79%, so pretty much the same for Hulu. Then there's a drop-off. So of the people that subscribe to TV+, Plus, 31% pay for HBO Max, just 9% pay for Peacock, and then, yeah, there's 20% for some other free services. But So that's quite interesting, whereas if you subscribe to Netflix, yeah, Netflix seems to is the dominant body, and I don't think that comes as a surprise to anyone and people are just kind of picking up the scraps it seems to be netflix plus one it's normally netflix and prime and maybe something else which is kind of what we imagined but it's interesting to see some data yeah another thing i noticed is that for those users who subscribe to disney plus 36 percent subscribe to apple tv yeah that's significant yeah, I think probably Apple wouldn't be too disappointed with that number. Maybe it would hope for a little bit higher, given that most of those people who wouldn't be paying. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think its benefits from both of them came out about the same time, late last yep. year, and both of them were in the news a lot about what their subscription fee would be. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who went ahead and subscribed to Disney Plus also had a mind to grab Apple TV whether they paid for it or not, whether they bought a device or not. 
because uh, Disney and uh, Apple have such a great reputation. And so people felt comfortable adding that item into their subscription port- port- portfolio. Yeah, and I think the way you phrased it is absolutely right. Uh, subscription portfolio. Um, I, I think that is right. People build their own. They build their own kind of thing. So I think that is important. We kind of build our own bundles, don't we, really, at this point? Right, right. And so since it's a zero-sum game, in a sense, you know, the only way you can gain market share is one of these services is, is to bundle with somebody else or to be very aggressive I, and beat their prices and somehow claw and drag yourself into a better position. And that's hard to do when the big guys are so well-established. Yeah, so I think, I think you're going to see some mergers and some cross-bundling like we saw with Apple and Showtime. Uh, we might well see that. I think you'll also see, basically, the, the truth is it's Netflix plus one or two, isn't it? Um, Netflix totally dominates. And people are picking up, want to be the plus one to Netflix. Well, I think the two, the two major ones appeared from the chart to be Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. And then there's a scramble for the second, for the scramble for the third and fourth and fifth. Yeah, I think I yeah I agree with that. That that does seem to be right. That kind of Prime Video uh, is the kind of next one. I what I would like to know, and is not totally clear from the data, real good provide, is how many people who have Amazon Prime Video have the general Amazon Prime service of which Prime Video is part of it. Or are those people that have specifically signed up just for Prime Video, if you see what I mean? My guess is that most people get Amazon Prime Video by virtue of their $110 a year in the U.S. Amazon Prime account for you know music and for shipping. That's my guess. That would be my guess as well, but I can't back it up with any data, but that yeah, would also be my guess. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, that would be my guess. Well, we're going to have to move on. So um, recently you wrote about how Apple's going to entice people to Apple TV Plus with a augmented reality component. Tell me about that. Yeah, this is a... Well, it relates to what you've been saying about bundles, actually, and it, more specifically about ecosystems. Because, as you say, what Apple wants to do is make TV Plus part of your entire Apple experience. Uh, and Mark Gurman over on Bloomberg revealed that part of the part of this plan is that there'll be extra elements, uh, augmented reality elements that complement programs on TV Plus. So you might have a show and the characters or objects will display on your iPhone or iPad, for example. Of course, if Apple then builds an AR or VR headset. That will also be part of it, you know, adding to the to the ecosystem argument that you're making. So this this is part of it. It's about making Apple TV Plus and the Apple TV experience and the Apple ecosystem experience have as much value as possible to make as many people be in the subscribe to Apple TV Plus column of the chart that we've just discussed. Along those lines, I'm going to make a guess. Go on, John. People like to rank these TV subscription services in terms of market share, and Apple may never break into the top two or three or four in market share. But 
down the road, being maybe the Johnny-come-lately in terms of market share, Apple will be the one that's making money and will survive. And others who have greater market share may not be making as much money and may eventually fold or merge. That's my guess. Yeah, you've said this actually since we started seeing a few of these different services arrive. You've... I don't think I put words into your mouth to say you've slightly walked back on your opinion of Peacock because of the the quality of the free tier. I have. They've been advertising a lot. And I've been watching the Peacock on NBCS Sports Network uh, ads. Yeah. And they're really pushing uh, Mm. the free element of Peacock. And it's a a good bargaining position to come from. You know, lots of content, favorite content, shows people like to watch. And it's just free and it's easy to sign up for. If you do it within the TV app, you don't even have to uh, do anything but enter a... um, Use a username and password. You don't have that. To. That was always my That's instinct with what would make would make it work. But for TV Plus, uh, you have to do more, and it looks like kind of augmented reality content is going to be one of the mores. Again, it's exactly the type of thing Apple can do because of the ecosystem you've already laid out. It, it you already have presumably most users will already have an iPhone or an iPad, certainly users who want to get this content will have to have one. And so it all adds to the whole perception of being an Apple person, right? So if you want to get the full Apple TV Plus experience, you don't need to just buy the, you know, buy a subscription and watch it on your smart TV. If you have an iPhone, it gives you more value to TV Plus. Right. If you buy if you buy the AR headset that Apple, we believe, will uh, come out in 2022 um again more value you're in the ecosystem it all come it all comes back to that you're just you're watching apple content on apple products and that is the ultimate for that's the ultimate aim of apple as a company um and so yeah that that is how it's obviously it's trying to give you as many excuses to keep your subscription to keep using apple products and to just make that 4.99 a month which actually is really cheap when you think about it compared yeah. to other services yeah. it, it's finding a way to give you as much value and give you as few excuses not to sign up to it as possible you also wrote another article recently about apple extending its free trial subscription fill us in on that yeah yeah that <laughs> that came again came from the same report that revealed this AR element. Um, But I I took it separately because I I wanted to discuss it in a little bit more detail because I think Apple should extend the free trial element of TV+. Why? Well, we know from any data we've seen, we know obviously there are significantly less less subscribers to TV+, than the likes of Netflix and Prime Video and so on. And also remember... People like a lot of the content on TV Plus has been delayed. You can, you can get to the end of Apple TV Plus, whereas you can't get to the end of Amazon Prime Video or Netflix. And actually, because through no fault of Apple's, because because of the, the COVID nineteen pandemic, oh. a lot of those shows had to be delayed. And so, people who would have got say the second series of the morning show a bit earlier than they would have in their first free year for example um haven't had that they haven't got 
as much as they might have from their first free year. To be fair, Apple could counter that and say, yeah, but you've got Greyhound, which you never would have expected, and so on and so forth. So there is a bit of a balance, but I think probably um, Apple needs to keep people on it for as long as possible. And if it can take the hit to get more people having it free, we expect new iPhones to be available to customers in October. So that be a, that might be a whole new swathe of people who upgrade, who haven't previously had TV Plus and now can get it for free if you extend that deal. So it's probably worth doing. Um, that ties into might, the iPhone SE discussion we had. If people yes. are strapped for money and they're hesitant to buy a new phone, an extension to the Apple TV Plus subscription, if they buy a new, a new device, might be a factor well it's a a nice little bonus isn't it isn't it Uh, I suspect that it won't be a year you get they won't keep like they're not going to give it for two yeah I I think you won't get 12 months free if they extend it but you might get three Hmm. maybe even six I don't think I think it will be longer than a month because I think yeah, I, I I just think that's gives for something like TV Plus. It's a month is a bit too short for people to see the value of it and dig into it. Apple's playing I a think, long game here, clearly. I, I think that's right. That's my perception: is that this is they want in two or three years to say how successful it is, and they're kind of prepared to put the money in at this point. Look. If you're, listen, it's a $2 trillion company. It can play, the, it can afford to play the long game a bit. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And while other companies struggle and fight and scratch for market share, Apple can sit back with plenty of cash on hand, make deals, be the friendly player, do bundles, and uh, develop uh, their library of, of high quality content. Apples can sit back and kind of, you know, be, well, to be be smart about this. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I don't think they're sitting back. I think they're being quite proactive, actually, in terms of the amount of content they're releasing, in terms of the, as you say, the quality of content, the way they're trying to move forward and keep find new ways to keep people subscribing, locked into that ecosystem that we keep coming back to. But... So I don't, I don't think they're being, they're sitting back and waiting. I think they're being quite proactive, but they have ability for that. They don't need, they didn't need, you know, a huge, huge surge right at the beginning. They can allow, give people time to find a space for TV Plus in their life. If you were going to predict Apple's next strategic move. Oh, goodness. What? John, I've already had to apologize to you once this week for an apolo- <laughs> for making him a... Bad prediction well, I've had to apologize too for my Apple MacBook Pro Intel 17 inch thing. So <laughs> we I don't talk that about one that. Pretty good. Um, I'll make a prediction. Go on. That sometime in 2021, Apple TV and Disney will make some sort of deal to bundle each other and squeeze out the other guys. That would be sensible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm here's. Do you know what? Here's the curveball I'm going to throw in as we get to the end of the show. I, that was said with some hesitation intact. So, no, 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 no. 
stand by for my curveball, which is probably not going to happen. But if everyone was sensible, it would. Kevin Mayer has, the day we're recording this show, uh, the day before we record the show, actually, he very dramatically announced he was leaving TikTok as the CEO after just three months. Before TikTok, Kevin Mayer was the big streaming guy, the man behind Disney Plus. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Can you see where I'm going with this? No. I wonder if Kevin Mayer ends up in some way at leading streaming at Apple. Ooh. I think it won't happen because I think the reason he's leaving TikTok is he wanted a big global role where he was the boss. And, you know, there's very good guys, Jamie Ellis and co are very good guys leading TV Plus. But as you, you know, there is a good relationship between Disney and Apple from the Bob Iger days. I'm basing this on nothing but speculation. I'm throwing it out there. So maybe there's some smoke listeners going on with Apple TV and Disney. We don't know yet. We'll have to see. I think there's a variety of pieces that could fit together if the right people wanted them to. Yep, yep. Well, we've come to the end of the show. We're running out of time. I can't believe we've gone through 34 minutes already. Wow. Any closing thoughts? No, I think, no, that was my, that's my bombshell ending. Kevin Mayer is my bombshell ending. All right. Well, it is, as Jeremy Clarkson says on that bombshell. We will close this episode of Background Mode. You've been listening to John Marchalero and the Mac Observer's Charlotte Henry. We'll see you again next week.